Hey, Carl here. Guess who's speaking with us at Keto Fest? Professor Stephen Finney. That's who. Booyah. Hey, if you don't have tickets to Keto Fest yet, go on and get them. There are still a few VIP tickets left. So go to ketofest.com right now before it's too late. Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut. I went keto in 2016 to reverse diabetes and lose weight. It's my mission now to spread the science of keto and to show the world how cooking is necessary for keto success. Oh yeah, and short ribs. Short ribs. <laughs> I love me some short ribs. Oh, yeah. All that fatty goodness. Yum, yum. I'm Carrie Brown, and I also live in Connecticut, just a different part to Carl. I'm a trained pastry chef who went keto to control and eventually eliminate symptoms from bipolar 2 disorder and depression. I take no medications, I have no symptoms, and it's my mission to show the world that keto food is not only delicious, but it can be better than any other kind of food. And this show is a document of our experiences thriving for years in nutritional ketosis. And also our experiences reversing diabetes and depression and feeling better than we ever have before. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Now, we don't give medical advice because we're not doctors. Right. We just want to share our experiences and review the research that supports it. Oh, and coconut oil. Yeah, with a healthy dose of coconut oil. We share our recipes and any science we find in the show notes. My favorite part is those recipes. Oh, yeah. So let's start podcast number 173, Just Refigured Controls Epilepsy with Keto. I can't wait for this one. But before we get started, let's explain in plain English what a ketogenic diet is. Sure, that's any diet that puts you into a state of ketosis where you're burning fat for energy rather than glucose. And the way we did it was to limit our carbohydrates to 20 grams or less every day, enjoy a moderate amount of protein, 1 to 1.5 grams per kilogram of lean body mass, and all our energy comes from fat. Fat? Fat, fatity, fat, fat. Yes, and if you're just starting, listen to our starting keto show at start.2keto.com or just start listening from episode one. So, Carrie, what's new with you? How did your weekend go with your patrons? We had an absolute blast. So if you missed last week's show and are wondering why I had patrons at my house, I did a, a giveaway for all my patrons at Christmas as a thank you for their patronage. And I drew two names and two lovely ladies flew up, one from California and one from Philadelphia, and hung out with me at my home in Connecticut for the weekend. And we had an absolute blast. We went to Rhode Island. We went to New York. We went to the beach. We ate lots of fabulous keto food and generally just had the best time. So, so and cool. that pretty much, that took up, a lot, and yeah. it was awesome. Awesome. Sounds fun. So what have you been up to, Mr. Franklin? Can you top that? Oh, I don't know if I can top it, but I spent the week in Orlando at the Swan Hotel on Disney property. Woohoo! Yeah, at the Dev Intersection Conference. 
uh, you know, in my other life, I'm a software developer and I speak on this stuff. And I was down there speaking, working and doing the keto thing. A surprising number of software developers coming up to me and saying, I lost 40 pounds. I lost 80 pounds. I lost 100 pounds. Uh, you know, thank you for turning me on to that. I, lo I love when your two worlds collide. Yes, it is very good. And, you know, software developers just, you know, we're destined to have computer ass. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's a sedentary job. You know, it's fueled by pizza and Mountain Dew most of the time. And we think when we get 50, we can eat like we ate when we were 18. And it's just not that way. Anyway, I want to share some tips because I stayed keto the whole time. And not only that, but I didn't have any craving for any kind of like holiday food, you know, just that, that you would normally, when you go away, you know, it's like, well, you have some whatever pancakes or something. I don't know. Well, but you, but you did have a secret weapon. You did have Kelly with you to um, help you be accountable, right? Well, to tell you the truth... She doesn't really help me all that much. In fact, <laughs> she's like, I want tater tots, you know, all the time. So, uh, yeah, no. So, anyway, she she ate what she normally eats, and, and I ate keto. But what I did was, and I think I talked about this last week, was I start at about 2.30, p.m. with a can of sardines. Sardines are my favorite. They're so satisfying, and, you know, they get – the, they get the ball rolling, right? And I brought multiple cans of sardines with me. It was really cool. And I had to go down to the store and get a like a seltzer with lemon to go to get a lemon squeeze so I could put some lemon juice over them. But anyway, <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, around dinner time, I would go early to dinner and it would always be at a place that served, you know, steak or prime rib or lamb or something. And just ate that. I mean, it was strictly carnivore. And I just ate a big, you know, the biggest piece of meat I could stuff in my face before I got ill. And uh, Good job. Yeah. I'm super proud of you. It was great. And then, you know, the rest of the evening was fine. Like, uh, you know, people are in the bar and they're drinking and they're ordering noshes at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm just like not at all hungry. It was, it was like having a superpower. So it's uh, good to know that if you get over that hump and you can simplify your diet and uh, find out what works for you, it gets much, much easier. And that's my tip. Good job, sir. Thank you. So let's give away a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug to one lucky member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club, which, by the way, you can join for free at fanclub.twoketo.com. So who is our lucky, lucky winner this week, Carl? This week's winner, Carrie, is Ray Peck. A dude! Yay! A dude. <laughs> and Ray wins a coffee mug just for being a member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club. And if you don't want to wait to win a coffee mug, you can get one online at gear.twoketo.com. Okay, it's that happy time again. It's time for us to read the... Carl. So, we have a letter, clearly. Who's it from? It's actually from me. Uh-oh. Yeah, I posted in the great big public keto before and after thread, which we've been talking about. If you go to success.2keto.com, we asked people in the forum, all the thousands of people, to post their stories in their before and after pictures. 
And there's almost 800 posts in there. Wow. And, you know, with replies and all that, it comes to about 800. So I posted just now that we'd like to expand this resource by asking people to post links to keto success stories on other websites, blogs, platforms, whatever, so long as they're public. And I know we'll never be able to list them all, but let's try. I mean, we're, it, the forum isn't so that we can suck everybody into it. It's about sharing information. So let's, you know, you see a very inspirational story out there, post it here, and let's just keep this thread going. That's awesome. Good job, sir. Yeah, can't wait for that. All right, Carrie, it's time to introduce our guest uh, who goes by Jess Refigured. And Jess, you introduced me to, and she has a remarkable story that uh, she would like to share with our audience. So Jessica is a remarkable woman who, who used and continues to use the ketogenic diet to control epilepsy and uh, used it to overcome obesity. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Carl. Yeah, you're welcome. And I think uh, we ought to blame Carrie for having you on the show. She's the one who uh, invited you. Hey, Jessica. It's so good to talk to you again. How did you guys meet each other? Um, we met when I was heading in my trusty steed across to low-carb Denver. I stopped in St. Louis, Missouri. I was heading west to Denver. I stopped in St. Louis and I had lunch with a whole bunch of wonderful keto people. I think there was about 12 of us all together. And uh, Jess was one of them. And we met and I was absolutely blown away by how beautiful she is, how tall she is, <laughs> and her amazing story. And she also has this this brilliant presence and I just wanted to share her story with everyone because it just, it blew me away. Oh, Carrie, Carrie is also equally an amazing presence. So Agreed. Um, I, I am, I am very fortunate to have gotten a chance to meet her. Um, so, you know, if I, if I go back and talk a little bit about my journey and, and what brought me here today. Um, so about two and a half years ago, I woke up in a hospital bed uh, just before Christmas in Chicago. And, you know, I knew very little of what had happened. I knew that I had had a grand mal seizure. I knew that my had a fractured shoulder. Mm. And I remember that I thought to myself, you know, this is going to be a defining moment for me, right? This is, right. this is a very scary, dark time in my life. Um, I also knew that, you know, I was dangerously overweight. So at that, that day they weighed me and I looked back at that paperwork recently and it, it said I weighed 382 pounds Wow! and I'm, I'm laying in this hospital bed and my wife is, is, you know, sitting not far from me and we're both sort of looking at each other, like, what are, what are we going to do? And we start looking up, uh, diets that are good for people with neurological struggles or health issues. Mm. And repeatedly ketogenic kept coming up as a means of, of dealing with this. And so, um, you know, and I find out later, of course, that keto helps cure a multitude of, of different ailments, but I, uh, I started this journey and now, um, you know, over 200 pounds smaller than that first day I was in the hospital. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I, I, to, to Carrie's point, um, when I found out she was coming to St. Louis, I was just over the moon. 
um, because Carrie is like one of my keto sheroes and she yeah. is an awesome cook. So I thought, wow, that's like the best combo ever. Um, yeah. So we meet, we talk about my story and I remember that she asked me, she said, Jessica, I want you to write out your story. I want, I want to share it with the world because it's inspirational. And, um, I, I sat down. She she doesn't even know this. I sat down a million times to write it. And I I thought to myself, wow, how do you write down the path to lose half of your body weight? How how do you even put that down into words? And and so, you know, for for anyone that that knows me, I, I'm good at being in the spotlight for about three seconds and then I just want to pass it on to someone else. Mm. Um so so now I you know, I'm back in this same place. She invites me to a podcast. I'm like, oh man, what am I going to talk about? How am I going to do this? <laughs> and um, I, I remember last week I'm sitting in my boss's office and I'm thinking to myself, all right, let me ask Aaron. Aaron will know, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I look across the desk and she's been this huge advocate on my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost a hundred pounds just since I started the job I'm in now. Wow. And, um, I said to her, I said, so, so how did I do this? You know, Aaron, what, what was my secret? And she knowing, knowing Aaron, she sort of just sat back in her chair and she looked at me and she said, well, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? <laughs> and I thought, wow, you know, as complex as I wanted to make it, it, it really wasn't that complex. You know, it was obviously changing of patterns and behaviors and setting goals, but right. it was a matter of, you know, you you focus on having more good days than bad ones and you do it one pound at a time. It's interesting that you say that because I don't really remember all of the details of how I lost 80 pounds. It just sort of happened. You know, I, I can't give you a day by day blow of, of what I ate and what I did and how I felt, but I I knew I felt great and I knew it was fairly easy. So Jessica, how, when you, so you're sitting in the hospital and you're reading and ketogenic keeps coming up. What was it that that made you decide, okay, this is what I need to do? And did you have any help? Did you talk to your doctor? Like, how did you actually go from learning, you know, finding out about the ketogenic diet in your hospital bed to actually like starting to implement that in your life? Yeah, I mean, I I would tell you, Carrie, I I probably should have done more research, um, but I threw myself into it, um, you know, for that that break um, at the the job I was in, then uh, we had a week off at the holiday. And I remember that I just, um, I took that time and just sort of poured myself through everything that I could find online uh, that talked about, you know, macros and getting in good, healthy fats and eating a clean diet. And, you know, I remember reading articles that said things like, um, you know, there's 60,000 things in the grocery store and you can't eat 50 9,000 of them anymore. 59,000, um, yeah. And I, I, you know, so it felt incredibly overwhelming. Um, but I remember that I just sort of decided on January 1st of 2017, this is the start of my new life. This is the start of a new journey. And I made that transition to um, deciding this this was going to be a way of living. Um, you know, after I started it, I, I started seeing a neurologist and let them know that this was a decision that um, I I had made as a result of the research that I had done and, you know, ensured that they were supportive and 
you know, the response was, um, I certainly can't say anything negative about eating a clean diet, so I'm supportive. Yeah. Did you get any pushback from doctors? Surprisingly, I have not. I have not had any uh, pushback at all. Um, my, um, all of my blood work has come back, you know, in a way that, that shows that I'm as healthy as I've ever been. Um, but I have never had a doctor that has said to me, and I know many, many have, have had doctors that tell them it's, it's not a, a good uh, way of living. But I think that, you know, in, in many ways they look at me and they see the results of eating this way. And it's hard to tell me that's, that's not a, a good way to do it. Do you remember what your first steps were? Did you like, what of all the research you did, what was the thing that bubbled up that was your starting point? Did you get rid of garbage? Did you just stop eating sugar? Did you go cold turkey into the whole thing? Like what was the first actual steps you took to change the way you ate? Yeah, um, well, I went in full throttle on January 1st. Um, the, the very, I guess it, if I take a step back and look at it, I think the first thing that I did was I just eliminated all the processed food. Um, I, I knew right. that clean out the closet, right? Yeah. Just, I went totally the clean route, right? I got rid of all the pastas and the breads and, and anything that basically wasn't on the outer aisles, mm. um, went away from my diet entirely. Um, and then the decision was made, um, at that January one point to start really honing in on the whole concept of keto and, and making sure that I was getting in the right fats and, um, you know, the right vegetables. But, but that, that was my first step was to mm. just basically eliminate all of the, um, you know, junk food that my body no longer wanted. Yeah. I, I want to go back to the whole doctor thing because you, you're, you obviously have a doctor that is familiar with epilepsy, right? I do. Yeah. And so naturally they would be schooled in the history of the ketogenic diet, which is, you know, it was used to control epilepsy and it famously was very, very effective. I think we've been using keto diets to, uh, to control epilepsy for many, many, many years. But, but it's interesting that you didn't get any pushback from your doctor because they were already hip to knowing about the keto diet, probably because of epilepsy. Yeah, I've, I was, uh, I, I half expected, you know, I, I guess just for anyone that knows me, I've got a hint of stubbornness in me. So when I went into him, I, I said, uh, I said to him, I said, I'm doing a ketogenic diet. I didn't say to him, do you think that's okay? <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just said to him, this is my path. This is my way of living. Um, I, I hope this works for you type of approach. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really ask permission, but I was pleasantly surprised with his response, which was, you know, I, you obviously are benefiting from it and I, I can't go against somebody that's eating a clean diet. So, um, I was, I was thrilled that I had that response. That's great. So when, so you started say, do you remember, was it, you know, four weeks in, when did you start to actually see changes or feel changes and, and what came first? Did the, did you start to lose weight first? Did you start to notice an improvement in your in your brain. Talk us through kind of what happened in that first, you know, one to three months. Yeah, that's that's a great question, Carrie. I, you know, there there were um, 
there were definite changes probably within a few weeks of me starting a ketogenic diet. Obviously, I dealt with what many people deal with in the keto flu, as they call it. Um, you know, I had pretty horrendous headaches. I, I did not feel well. Um, but once that passed, um, I, I started to notice I just had this enormous amount of energy. Um, my, I had had sciatica pain for years, um, almost daily. I had no more of that. Um, I had migraine headaches, um, that to this point they've, they've lessened much more over the last few years, but, um, I've, I've gone from having them three to four times a month to now having one every probably three to four months. Um, but, but that all was sort of a steady progression. It's hard to kind of think back to exactly what happened at the one to three months. Uh, but it it absolutely sort of started this trend of, you know, me feeling like a whole new person. I, I don't even know how I really existed at that weight um, and and how I, you know, was was able to to function as well as I did. but but I do know that, you know, where I'm at today is a way of living that that I could never, you know, I would never be able to go back to how I was before. Did you have any concerns going into it? You know, like maybe, maybe not believing that you could ever live without bread or something like the classic stuff or, uh, and, and what did you eat, especially in the earlier days? And has your diet changed since you started? I know that's three questions, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to make sure I got them all, Carl. So the first one is, um, yeah, do you have any trepidations before going in? You know, honestly, I I don't know what prompts every person to to go on a keto way of living, but uh, for me, you know, that was a very scary and dark place, right? Yeah. So if I'm looking at the pros and the cons of you've just been given an epilepsy diagnosis versus we're going to put you on this diet in hopes of helping you control it. For right. me, it was you bring on the diet probably way more. Yeah, I mm. I think the the concern of the unknown, you know, made it that much more of a driving force for me to, to tackle this and to not look at it as a diet, but to look at it as a way of living. So I, I think for me, um, I didn't fear it as much. I didn't look at it as I can never have a sandwich again. Um, you were like, no more seizures. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thank God. Right. And, and, and even at that moment, I didn't know for sure what it would do or what it could do, but I read repeatedly these stories of people who controlled epilepsy, uh, many without even taking medication, although I don't necessarily advocate for that unless it works for the individual, um, you know, that we're living this great life as a result of it. And I think I poured myself into the hope that I too could have the same story they did because I had so much uncertainty at that point. Um, as far as how I ate then versus how I ate now. Right. I mean, that's an important question because I'm, I've read that the epilepsy version of the ketogenic diet is, is even higher fat yep. and lower protein than, than what uh, Volokh and Finney coined a well-formulated ketogenic diet. 
Yeah. And I, and I would tell you to be fully transparent and honest, Carl, I probably am not as strict as many doctors would recommend on a keto diet. Um, I, I really have figured out how to make it work for me, but I probably do consume a little little higher fat than most people, just just keeping that in my framework, mm. um, just because most epileptic patients keep it closer to that 90% mark. Right. Um, as far as you know, what I ate then versus what I ate now, when I first started, I was just highly meticulous about consumption and weighing and portion sizes. Um, I think at that point though, to be fair, I really had no idea what hunger felt like. Uh, I also had no idea what proper portion sizing was. Hmm. Um, you know, we were eating out two to three times a day. Very often, uh, we were eating food that was horrendous for us. And, you know, I, the, one of the biggest things that I had to do, I, I sort of think of three things that I had to do in my journey, but one of the big ones was creating healthy habits in my life. Right. Um, so, you know, I had to relearn what hunger was. Um, I, I started the tracking, as I mentioned, I forced myself to be more active, uh, which at 400 pounds was no cakewalk for lack of a better phrase. Right. Um, and then I just obviously started eating the more balanced and, and clean diet. But that was probably, um, you know, sort of my biggest takeaways. I probably don't eat a whole lot different at this point um, other than I just sort of know, uh, you know, what those portion sizes look like. I know mm. what foods my body craves and I, I eat those. Uh, but that's, that, yeah, probably not much of a difference. Wow. It's, it's a different story than we normally hear, isn't it, Carrie? Exactly. Um, I'm curious, Jess, you, you said that the first few weeks were awful, like you had the keto flu, you just felt absolutely horrible. What was it that kept you going through that? Because a lot of people start to, to get the keto flu and they feel terrible and they're like, this can't be good for me because I feel so bad. Keto doesn't work what? for me. That's right? what I hear. Right. You know, keto doesn't work for me. I feel <laughs> awful. I feel worse than I ever have. Yeah, yeah. What was it that kept you going through those horrible first few weeks where you had the keto flu and everything was going you know, differently than how you were expecting it. What was it that kept you going? That's a great question. I, I would say one thing for sure is research. Research is so key to this way of living. I, um, I, I just went full throttle into looking up everything that I could and understanding what keto flu was and realizing that this too shall pass, right? right. Um, the reason that I felt so shitty, pardon my, pardon my word, is because I had done it to myself, right? I had put mm. so much sugar into my body that my body needed to detox. Yeah. So I realized that once I detoxed, I would feel much better. I think the other part of it too is um, you got to find your tribe. You got to find a solid support system mm -hmm. of people that you can reach out to and go, I feel like death. Remind me that this will go away. Amen. Um, I actually sent Carrie a picture this morning of a selfie of me that said, you know, find your tribe and love them hard. Um, I, I have found some amazing people through this journey and many of them I met, you know, all this time ago, even ones I have met and ones I've just read, you know, religiously um, that have given me inspiration. So I, 
yeah, I think that's the two biggest pieces for me, the research and then finding people that you can rely on and um, learn from. And how did you, were you looking at a bunch of stuff online? How did you navigate? How did you sift through all the noise to find the good stuff? Great question. And the good people. How did you go about finding your your tribe? Well, I went on to, actually, I started off looking on Facebook. Um, and I started, you know, sort of thumbing through. And as you know, Carrie, there's, you know, a million groups on Facebook that mm-hmm. are keto. Some some are half keto, some are full keto. Uh, but I started just really sort of pouring through the ones that you repeatedly saw as good resources. So that was really my best way um, you know, how I, how I came across the different, um, the different sources of, of what was, you know, good keto, um, good keto websites, good keto YouTube groups, um, and, and use those as sort of my backdrop. Do you have a background in research or at least being able to read science and understand what, uh, the difference between good science and bad science? No, I'd love to tell you I do, but I... <laughs> I, I do not have any research background at all. Right. I have a love for learning. And, and uh, so maybe that's, that's all that I have, though. That's all I can bring to the table. Um, I actually think it's great that you're not like trained in research because that says to me that anyone can go read stuff and figure out, you know, which, which way to go. You don't have to be a genius level researcher in order to do this. I think a lot of people get frightened and overwhelmed by the research. So it's inspiring to me that you were so gritty that you just went, you know, I'm ill. I need to be not ill. I'm also overweight. I need to not be overweight. And I'm just going to figure this out. It also tells me there's more of us out there than there are of them. And what I mean by that is there's more people who have real stories to tell. And, you know, the, the people in our tribe anyway, who who have good research skills and who, who do the, the studies and who put that out. And uh, there's more of us out there, I think, than there are the paid. Every once in a while, you'll get some paid study that comes out that says something that's in- completely wrong. And then Zoe Harcum picks it apart and Richard Morris picks it apart. And then we know, right? <laughs> but, but I think that uh, it's that's good to know that there's there's just if you just start googling, chances are you're going to hit the right uh, the right uh, resources. So Jessica, did you ever hit the dreaded stall? And if you did, what did you what did you do about it? What did you tweak? What did you change? Yeah, um, I hit many many stalls. I I think. You know, that that is really part of this is the understanding that, you know, you're, it's sort of like a fire, right? It's, it's easy at first. And then it, it, as the fire grows, it, it takes work. Um, you know, at, at different points, I would, uh, I did a lot of, of different, um, of different intermittent fasting, uh, timeframes throughout the day to help. Um, I did, where I would um, watch my protein macros. At times I was getting too high on protein. At times I was getting too high on fat. And, you know, I, I think it it was just a matter of playing with it a little bit. Um, I also noticed that if I did not drink enough water, um, I would yeah. not, I would stop. 
uh, losing weight. It's, sometimes it was a matter of I wasn't active enough. Um, but ultimately, I think at the end of the day, I realized that your body at times is just going to take time to lose what you've added to it. Um, it this is not a, a quick a quick fix diet. Um, you know, in fact, I, I made myself some notes here. You know, we see a lot of people that practice this way of living and they do it solely to lose weight, right? So Mm -hmm. 10, 20, 50 pounds, um, then that comes off and then they, they go right back to sugar and then they complain that keto doesn't work, right? You hear a lot of that. And, and it's, I think it's setting the healthy goals and realizing that this is a lifetime transition, right? Um, when I, you know, when I wanted to lose the weight, I, I had to set goals that were much more real and tangible. Um, and I knew that doing it at five or six pounds a week, which you see a lot of people do, um, really wasn't necessary because yep. for me, it was way more important to do it the right way. The um, I didn't have to look at a time frame, and, and I'll be vulnerable and honest in telling you, you know, I was far from perfect at this. Um, Carrie can tell you that I, I completely admitted that I had an ice cream binge at one point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember how many pounds I gained. I'm sure I told her, I think it was like six pounds after ice cream. Um, but, but, you know, I had many, many weeks where I woke up just super frustrated, mm. you know, that I would gain or I, I wouldn't lose sometimes three, four weeks at a time. Um, but I would get back on it. I, I, I was determined to get on this path, to stay on this path, right. To, to continue healthy living, but that knowing that the weight loss would come with it. Yeah, I'm totally in it for the long game myself. You're basically telling my story. You know, it's a, it's the rest of your life. It's not uh, hurry up and lose it. Yeah. I think the other part of it too, Carl, is when you are that excessively obese, there's a lot of non-scale victories that come into play. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I wanted, I, I craved the day I would be able to walk on my feet all day and, and I could do it without my feet hurting. And the day that I could shop in a normal store yeah, because I couldn't do that all of my adult life. And the day that I could sit on an airplane and use a regular seatbelt. Yeah, I was just going to say um, that one. That was a good day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a huge thing. And I, you know, I had moments like that that meant way more to me than any number on the scale. So I'm really curious as to like specifically what are some of your favorite things to eat? So this is going to sound incredibly simple, but um, I love to do like, I I love to make toasted walnuts, toasted pecans. Mm. Um, I I eat a lot of those. I eat a lot of salads with, um, you know, homemade vinaigrettes that are heavy and olive oil base. Mm. Um, What did you have for dinner tonight? Um, actually just that. So (laughs) (laughs) that's probably why it's on my brain. Um, I had a spinach romaine salad with nuts and, and vinaigrette and all kinds of veggies and, and good protein. So that was, that was actually what I ate. So my diet is, is at this point, especially just incredibly simple. Um, I also have been really big on uh, smoothies lately because it's a fantastic way for me to, to get in my MCT oil. Okay. Um, so that, that's another one that's really big. All right. So, so Jess, I'm curious, you, you said that there were many, many times that you kind of, you fell off the wagon or just went crazy on something. Did you, were you ever able to identify what the triggers were for you? Was it, did you do that when you were, were 
emotionally upset? Did you like, what was it for you that caused you to like run for the regular ice cream? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think one of the biggest pieces of this was I realized that when I, when I started this carry that I was going to have to put myself in more healthy environments and around uh, people that were good for me. Oh, so, and I think, so true. yeah. And I think that I, I won't get in too deep into the personal details of this, but I think if we think about the people in our lives, you know, we have to reflect and say, do they spark joy in us? Right. Do, do we feel a sense of acceptance and freedom in their presence? Or do we feel that they, um, you know, we have to walk on eggshells with them and, a lot of my most difficult moments were handling that struggle. Um, I also had many more of them when I was in a, a work environment that was not a happy one. You know, I, I wrote in my bio that I was in a job that uh, was literally basically sucking the life out of me for some time. And, you know, no longer being with them was, uh, the best decision I could have made. And I know many people are living that life and, and fearful of getting out of it. But, um, and so getting out of them made those tough moments considerably less. Um, but that, that's probably really were my biggest triggers. But you were active about recognizing that that's what the triggers were and then eliminating those people and those environments as best as you could. Yes. Awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I, I think it's well, imperative in this journey, Carrie and Carl. I think you you have to make a conscious choice that healthy living means healthy relationships and healthy environments. I agree. I um I cleaned up my healthy relationships or unhealthy relationships a lot sooner than I cleaned up myself. <laughs> That's I guess you have to go through these things in stages. Yes. And I, but I think people don't realize the the cascade of drama and stress in your body that that toxic relationships can cause, and they don't necessarily correlate one with the inability to lose weight, right? Or, or you know, they right. don't correlate the toxic relationship with their toxic relationship to food. Mm. And so, I'm I'm so thankful that you've you talked about that because hopefully some of our listeners will you know, have the courage to look at their relationships now and maybe figure out that some of them is what's has them in a stall or some of those relationships or their work environment needs changing so that they don't keep, you know, running for the running for the the bad food when when times get hard for them. Yeah, the phrase follow your bliss isn't just about your career, isn't it? Right. Right. It's about, you know, the people that make you happy, not just the, the food that makes you happy, the experiences that make you happy, not just the, the job. Absolutely. It sounds like you 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 didn't just clean up your food, you actually systematically cleaned up all areas of your life. And it feels to me like that's why you've had such amazing success with 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 the ketogenic diet yeah i, I think it was a, a full journey carrie to your point i i think it was 
you know, building healthy goals, building healthy boundaries, um, and building a healthy diet. I, I think you have to have all of those components in order to be successful and, and to be able to look and, you know, that's really why the site that I created is called Jess Refigured because, you know, the, obviously the, the figure component is, is, uh, part of it, but, but more importantly, it's, you know, it's a refresh. It's, it's a new me. Um, that has happened as a result of this. And I'll, I'll always be the Jess everyone knew to some degree, but, but the person that I am today is, is the whole new person as a result of, of the journey I've, I've come to know. Well, Jess, it's been an absolute delight meeting you and talking to you today. And I'm sure our listeners feel the same way. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Carl and Carrie. Thank you, Jess. I'm 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 thrilled that you've started to share your story because I think it's so it's going to be so inspiring for so many people. Uh, Two hundred pounds is an, a staggering amount of weight to lose, and obviously controlling your epilepsy as well. It's just it's amazing. It is. I'm inspired, and I know a lot of our listeners will be too. Me too. Thank you, guys, and Carl. I look forward to meeting you at some point. I don't know uh, which events and things you attend, but. Um, we'll, we'll have to make that happen. I'm sure we will. Thanks. All right. Have a good night, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, the thing that really struck me about Jess's story is how different it is from many people who are trying to use the ketogenic diet to lose weight. And, and I think it's a mindset thing, right? Like she said, she was highly incentivized by the fact that, oh, you know, my brain is going to attack me if I don't eat this way. Whereas I think that a lot of people who have spent their whole life dieting are just, are used to failure. You know, they're used to, I'm going to try again this time to come down a few pant sizes or whatever and they get all psyched up and everything works for a while and then they're like hmm, pizza i i do think that people who have a another reason for the ketogenic diet like me with my bipolar and and jess with her seizures it does seem to give us an extra incentive to keep on going when maybe the weight loss isn't as happening in in the way or as fast as we would like it to yeah that's very true. Well, uh, if you're going to lose weight, you got to eat. And if you're going to eat, you have to have a uh, recipe. Nice segue, sir. Thank you. So, so what are we making today? today? Actually, we're not eating anything. We are drinking something. Ooh. And I know that smoothies are a fan favorite for a lot of lifestyles, but not typically the keto lifestyle. But if you come to keto from the kind of the epic smoothie world, then <laughs> you may be missing having a smoothie the and there are not a lot of world. smoothie recipes out there you know i've been and to the epic smoothie world i had a, uh, i got seven passport stamps there and they send me back and kick me out <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and sometimes if you're on the go and you're on the run and you don't feel like eating anything, sometimes just a smoothie does the trick. So, mm-hmm. very difficult to find keto smoothie recipes online because, of course, bananas and fruit and, you know, all of that stuff that like, they like to put in smoothies. So, here's one for you that is super tasty. This isn't a ribeye smoothie, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's All not right. everybody. I'm not interested. <laughs> but it's the next best thing. Okay. So, what is it? It is. It's called the creamy green basil smoothie. Wow. Or in American, basil. Basil. You gotta get nasal to say basil. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. And it's actually creamier than the best banana smoothie out there. Huh. This is creamier. Okay. So here we go. You're going to need half a cup of heavy cream, half a cup of water, two teaspoons of lemon juice, half a medium avocado that you're just going to roughly chop. Four ounces of English cucumber, roughly chopped. English cucumber because they're not as bitter as American cucumbers and you don't have to peel them, which is awesome news. As we covered in an earlier episode. Then you're going to need four fresh basil leaves, big ones, the biggest leaves you can find. You're going to need an ounce of fresh spinach because we got to get our leafy greens in, according to Dr. Adam Nally, and half a cup of ice cubes. And what you're going to do is you're going to put the cream, the water, the lemon juice, the avocado and the cucumber in a blender and you're going to blend it on high until it's really smooth. And then you're going to add the basil, the basil, the spinach and the ice cubes (laughs) and blend it again until it's smooth. And then you're going to drink that puppy and your mouth is going to be an explosion of awesome basil flavor (laughs) you're gonna get a ton of healthy fats in there you're gonna get some leafy greens and all is gonna be good in your world i know you hate substitutes but can i substitute basil for ribeye (laughs) no no you may not (laughs) just checking oh that would be disgusting actually right depends if it was cooked either either way it's going to be disgusting (laughs) As usual, the link to the recipe will be in the show notes so you don't have to remember that or try and write it down. But uh, do try it. It's been a fan favorite ever since I posted it. Well, great. Well, that wraps up show number 173. You know, if you have anything you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, some more research you found to support or refute anything we've said, send it by email to dudes at twoketodudes.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at 2KetoDudes. Make sure you use the hashtag 2KetoDudes. And of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, it's forum.2keto.com. And you can have a look around the ketogenic forum without needing to create an account by starting with success.2keto.com. Also, check out our Facebook group, The Keto Kitchen, if Facebook is your thing. And if you feel like supporting our forums and all the podcasts we produce, please consider making a monthly pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com. If you pledge $20 or more per month, you will have access to an exclusive Facebook group 
two keto dudes gold. Right. We also have a free Facebook fan page at fb.2keto.com. So go follow us there. And you can see our podcasts and other videos on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com. Also, we have an Amazon affiliate store. Buy your favorite keto ingredients and devices by going to amazon.2keto.com and you can help us out at the same time. And if you haven't already, please go and leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that's how new people get to know about what we do. Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC, who strives to support the low-carb community with podcasts and other publications. Now, kids, listen up. Keep calm, keto on, and we'll see you at Keto Fest. Yay, Keto Fest! We'll all be keeping calm and ketoing on, and we cannot wait to hang out with you. Absolutely, and we'll see you next time on Two, Two Keto, keto Dudes. Dudes.